to being Jim Davis, the quest for peace. My name is Christopher Winter, and I'm Jim Davis. Now you say your oh, name. Oh, sorry. No, I'm Davis. sorry. No, no, that's uh, fine. No, that's um, fine. And my name is uh, Jeremy Mullis from North Carolina, and I am Jim Davis. Jeremy, today is Tuesday. Just, just totally got distracted. <laughs> no, look, you know, honestly... You were probably very distracted by your impending birth. Because today is Tuesday, the 12th of August, 1980. You've got a good two weeks before you are due to emerge from our mother's womb. That's kind of fucked up. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, that's pretty weird, isn't it? Damn. Garfield was already doing his thing. Have you ever looked at your birthday, Garfield? I probably have, to be honest. <laughs> And I don't remember it. Um, anyway, oh, we'll get to oh, it in a couple oh, weeks. We may have another Jim Davis joining us. Hi! Hey! Hey, Sarah. Hi! Ladies and Hi, gentlemen, guys. fan favorite guest host, Sarah, whose last name I don't know if I should say or not. So you, Sarah, at this point, you're supposed to say, um, my name is X, like whatever you want your name to be. And oh. I am Jim Davis. Uh, my name is Sarah Bishop, and I am Jim Davis. Sarah, Jeremy. There you go. There nice. You go. Today what is did you Tuesday. Your name was Jeremy Mullis from oh. North Carolina. Oh. I just kept. It, I kept my. Today is. Thank you both for joining us. Today is Tuesday, the twelfth of August, nineteen eighty, and we are looking at the seven hundred and eighty-sixth ever Garfield. Um, which, which again, yeah, uh, published uh, just just about two weeks before Jeremy was born. Hmm. Guys, what happens in today's Garfield? Um, are you going to read the thing that? Oh uh, yeah, go ahead and read the synopsis. John went to all the trouble of writing seven sentences. Today in this Garfield strip, oh, um. Garfield lures Odie into injury via the popular pastime of fetch. Sounds fascinating. Let's get let's that get just into it. Seem like, that like actually just seems like a synopsis. Yeah. I feel like these used to be like clever. Um sometimes they're clever, sometimes they're highly literal minded, sometimes sometimes they exude a sense of despair and frustration. <laughs> you never know what you're going to get. Uh, I think John was feeling bad about not joining us today, and as a result, mm. he wrote some very straight-ahead synopses. Mm. I don't know. That was nice. Or he was yeah. being lazy. I mean, lazy would have been not writing anything. True. Yeah. So, look, in panel one, Garfield on the left, Odie on the right, uh, Garfield is gesturing to the left off panel with his right hand while he throws a bone over his left shoulder and thinks to Odie, go fetch, Odie. Sarah, do you want to describe panel number two? It's uh, weird that Garfield has a bone. 
It's like a, a... It's a good point. It's, well... I always feel like so much of the imagery in Garfield is just, like, iconic cartoon imagery. So that's, like... Yeah, that's A fair. completely iconic cartoon bone, which looks mm. kind of like a shortened human femur. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it's almost... Until you said shortened human femur... I mean, it's almost like it's um, it's more the symbol than the thing. Like, I'm not picturing it inside a body of any sort. I think German just said that it looks like a shortened human femur because he just watched The Burbs, in which a large part of the plot <laughs> is about someone finding a large, regular-sized human femur, and I think that's why he a said A dog. That. Right, a, a dog. Yeah. A dog, in fact. My wife Christine was watching The Burbs just a week ago. I think they must have been promoting oh. it on Netflix or that's Amazon probably, Prime or something. That's probably what happened. Well, no, and I was like, oh, you haven't seen The Burbs, Sarah? We should watch that. And it yeah, was I like, haven't seen The Burbs. Yeah, it was fine. It was I fine. didn't watch it with her. She seemed like, yeah, she, I think her response was about the same as yours. The, the kid from The Goonies really stole the show. He is good, that kid. Yeah. Which which kid? Which which Goonie? Uh, you don't have to remember, remember the name. kid. I think it's the one that's kind of cool. And oh. The, yeah. And in the Burbs, he's kind of cool. Yeah, he's like a little older and kind of like a, like, whoa, dude, kind of guy. Like, Is that but, Corey Feldman? Yes. I believe so, that's yeah. That's Yeah, I believe Corey so. Corey Feldman. Yeah, yeah. No, he's good. He's like yeah, the I'm, comic relief and like, you know, the rest of it, I could take or leave, but... I don't know. There were some good parts. No, it was cute. It was, it was cute. It was cute. <laughs> it was cute. I'm a big supporter of Corey Feldman. <laughs> I, I am a big supporter of Corey Feldman, too. Um, I mean, of the two Corys, I like him way better than the other one. Oh, what's the other Corey? Mm, Corey Haim? Wait. You know, there were two iconic 1980s Corys, weren't there? Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. No. Well, you guys have a lot to learn about the <laughs> 1980s. I mean, we were younger than you it's in a the 80s. It's a, it's a good thing we're here reading Garfield. <laughs> yes, this, thank God. I mean, thank God is one attitude to have <laughs> when you're reading. I do feel like, look, I'm, I'm not saying that podcasting about Garfield every day was a good decision. but It's one, every day? Yeah, we release an episode every day. Oh it's a daily God. Garfield recap that is, podcast. That's a real commitment. They only record it once a week, though. Mm. Well, parting the well, kimono that, that here. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, one thing I'm starting to take away from the experience is that Garfield, very much like punk rock and hip-hop, is a cultural product of the 1970s hmm. and like the sort of fizzling out of the 60s and sort of alienation that came in the 1970s, but that blew up in the 1980s and came to define the 80s. Hmm. Hmm. I'm not it going anywhere with that. Like I guess was... this similar to Corey Feldman. Hmm. 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 We're going to have to look up this. Oh, wait. No, that's the Corey we knew. Yeah. Corey Haim. I want to say the other was named Corey Haim, but I, I may be wrong. Hmm. hmm. 
Yeah. Look, this is traditionally the point in the show where we would read Wikipedia articles unrelated to the strip for 20 minutes. But let's let's get through this. Let's let's just do that. Yeah. Let's just get through. Let's get this shit over with. Panel two. Odie is hurled from what turns out to have been a countertop that I guess Garfield and Odie were standing on. Um, Maybe a tabletop with a tablecloth. It's unclear as to whether Odie was thrown or jumped. He's chasing think, the he's chasing the bone that Garfield was throwing in the first panel. I mean, that's the implication, but it's also possible Garfield just threw Odie over the side. Hmm. Like within fiction, that would track as well. That's the kind hmm. of thing Garfield would do. But then, why the charade with the bone, with the femur bone? Sarah, re- tell us about the third panel. Yeah. You want you want to move on? I thought this was an interesting question. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, well, it's the hermeneutic circle, Sarah. Like, mm. we'll come back to it. Mm. Okay. All right. Fine. So then, it, look, oh. th- this podcast doesn't usually have a co-host that I can use the term hermeneutic circle around. <laughs> well, you gotta get John to read off. Oh yes. Uh, <laughs> oh, um, John. John. Um, okay. So the third. Uh, panel uh has garfield looking over the edge of whatever this is i i actually <laughs> felt like that was like a, a really incredible interpretive leap to say it was a tabletop i had no clue i was like what are they on just some like weird green block <laughs> but i like the idea of a tabletop with a tablecloth and so he's looking over it because you know odie has already gone over the edge and he says when he comes to he's going to be plenty mad yeah and, and i don't want to be smiling. that I don't want to be that well actually guy, but just so we don't get a lot of angry tweets and emails, listeners, Garfield isn't saying anything. He's thinking. Oh, we get oh, that. We you. get that. We yeah, get that. Right. You don't Sorry, need to I'm be new correcting to this. us. I'm new no, to this. people, our listeners are very, very <laughs> literal minded. Of course. Yeah. yeah, I totally understand. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Um, so you guys, I mean, I guess, yeah, the, the implication is that Odie jumped. I wonder if Garfield threw him over. But I repeat, then why the charade with the bone? Yeah, why the charade? I mean, it's all a charade, isn't it? Like, it's, I mean, performativity. He's just, you know, he's living a fantasy. You're, are you like, you're imagining like a a missing panel between the first and second where like Garfield has thrown the bone over the tabletop <laughs> and like Odie is just sitting there like, well, I'm not going to jump down there, asshole. <laughs> and then Garfield's like, I guess this is several panels, and Garfield's like, uh-huh. fuck you, I'm just going to pitch you over there. <laughs> I mean... And then in that case, like, yeah, if he... It'd like, be a better he, strip, right? I mean, Odie would have every right to be mad. I guess, I guess I'm reading a lot into Odie's facial expression in panel mm. two. Yeah. He looks to me like a dog who has been thrown over the edge against his will. The way his little feet are going like crazy, which is kind of cute now that I look at it. It seems like, to, I mean, to me, I think the, the probably the standard interpretation would be like, Odie was just running after this bone, mm-hmm. and like looking up at the bone, didn't see that he was running off a tabletop, and now yeah. realizing. And then on his descent is yeah, it's not he's like, like a look real, of he's like coming into the realization like. Mm. Mm. Now yeah. if Odie, if Odie were like turned back up towards Garfield and been like like raising his arms like what the fuck dude 
That would also be a great. I think you'd have bubble. a stronger case, but you're right. It's I guess it's a little ambiguous. It's ambiguous. I guess I'm doing kind of a a revisionist reading of this panel. Well, and I guess like you know a, Str- a Straussian reading of this the, panel. If you look at it, the motion swoosh mm-hmm. is kind of an arcing swoosh. It's not like your classic cartoon running off a cliff motion mm. swoosh would be you walk forward you go forward forward point. forward 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 and then you like realize oh i've there's nothing under me and then you fall down so it would be more like forward 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 down at more of a right angle this is more of a swoosh like maybe he could be thrown but i do it's think a straight that up parabola that is it yeah it, it echoes the parabola of the bone in panel one which is also highly suggestive. <laughs> Honestly, when you He's brought right. when you first said this, I I wasn't really buying it, but you there's some strong points here. There's sometimes there's a lot in a strip. You just don't know what you're gonna. Though it could anyway, ju- it could just be like kind of lazy drawing. Oh, that, that that is that goes without saying. It is definitely lazy drawing. <laughs> I'd like to ask a question about the black spot on Odie, which I, I assume must have been covered in previous episodes. <laughs> Please do. I mean, why is there this one weird random black dot on Odie's hindquarters? Mm. I mean, that's a really good question. Like the why, I don't know. He's always had that spot. Um, his... About a year ago, his ears changed color from black to brown, mm-hmm. and that was that was intense. Um, there's a whole, you know, mytholo- mythology backstory to that that I won't bother you with because um, I don't remember it. I, think I don't that... know. Yeah, that's a great question. Why does he have that spot? It's highly prominent in panel two. It's, it's very prominent, and like it's the only spot, and it's very round. Kind of awkward. Mm. Yeah. I would say I'm almost positive that he has another spot on the other Mm. side. Okay. Because we've seen Odie, you know, in the other orientation. And I'm pretty sure that spot was there. I don't think Jim Davis would have the presence of mind to only draw the spot when Odie was facing left. Like, that's just more effort than he would go to. Odie really doesn't look anything like a dog. (laughs) No. No, he does yeah. not. Yeah, it's true. He looks kind of more like a rabbit. Yeah. He, he's like a miniature giraffe with only yeah. one spot. Yeah, he has a very long neck for a yeah. dog. Yeah. Well, I feel like we got a lot of mileage out of this one. Uh, I thought that, that one was pretty good. I didn't really have an opportunity to mention that Corey Ian Haim, who was born in December 1971 was a Canadian actor known for an 1980s Hollywood career as a teen idol. He's probably best known for his role alongside Corey Feldman in The Lost Boys, which made, ha- made Haim a household name. Um, that was before, wait, when was... Um, the Lost Boys? No, the other one. Uh, Corey Feldman? Yeah, his like child, I think his original, no, Goonies. Oh, but oh he, was in in, he was in Gremlins, yeah, in yeah. 1984. Oh, he Whoa. was in, oh. like, Gremlins 1? Yeah. Gremlins, Goonies, and Stand By Me. That's it. Wow. Oh, that's he was a, in Stand By Me? 
Yeah, 84, 85, 86. That's quite a trifecta. Where where is he now? Um I think I think he went on a serious downward spiral that started out funny and then became really sad. I may oh. be wrong about that. I could I could totally be wrong. It says he it says he put out a solo album <laughs> called Former Child Actor. And now he has a, he had a reality TV show with the other Corey. Oh, did he? Apparently with Corey Haim. It seems really? like a pretty exciting show. The Man. two Corys on A and E. No one watches A and E. Okay, yeah, this gets dark. Sexual battery allegations. Oh no! Get- There's oh. A, there is a whole subsection that's just called Michael Jackson. Oh. No expectations. <laughs> Wait, go back down to where he won a 2018 award. That is the most recent information I have about Corey Feldman, and it's positive. Oh, well, that's good. Go, go. What did he win? Like scroll, a... scroll. No, down, down. Oh, well, it's award. There, there. Recent. Oh, a Lifetime Achievement Award in 2018. Yeah. He was honored with a Lifetime Achievement Award at the third annual Young Entertainer Awards in April 2018, which wow. is like... Is kind of sad because he would like be pretty old. Yeah, he would. Yeah, wow. I mean, not like old, old, but like. How I mean, that guy's got to be pushing fifty, right? I mean, if you're winning a Young Entertainer Award <laughs> when you're like in your late forties, forty-seven. Mmm. That's oh. got to be kind of weird. He was also in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. <laughs> Get, oh, really? Guess, which, guess okay. which turtle. Try to guess which turtle he voiced. I'm going to say Michelangelo. Sarah? Uh, I'm going to say... Uh, wait, let me think. Gosh, the other <laughs> one that comes to mind would be Raphael. Uh, Not saying if it's right or wrong, but I'm I would thinking. have guessed Raphael too. Uh, Not- I'm going to say Donatello. You are right! It was Damn. Donatello! Nice. That is, I mean, that's a real like range for him. Yeah, I would never have guessed. I would never. He clearly wasn't typecast. <laughs> I know? mean, like, like it would have been more impressive if he was Leonardo, but like, uh, I would have picked him as like Raphael is cool but crude. Okay. That seems like Corey Feldman to me. Okay, here's some nice information about Corey Feldman. He's, <laughs> he's a Democrat, that's and good. he's an advocate for animal welfare and animal rights. He's adhered to a vegetarian diet since he was 13, Chris. Wow. Yeah. That's, yeah, no, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm totally He appeared with his wife in a PETA ad campaign promoting vegetarianism. Wow. And he was awarded the Paws of Fame Award by the Wildlife Way Station for his oh, dedication to animal rights. Fame That's award? really cute. Yeah. I really want a Paws of Fame Award. I know you do, don't you? <laughs> yeah, that's a great award. That's like That's got to be one of the top awards. That's like a, That's awesome. That's yeah. Not there are not many people who have won a Paws of Fame award at I mean, that age that I know that I know of. Um, well, he was subpoenaed to testify against Michael Jackson in that child. Come on, why okay, that's got, kind why of why do you got to end it on like a? We were like Sarah like went to a lot of effort to end it. Pause of Fame. Okay, okay, okay. okay. We'll, we'll, that, we'll fix it in post. We'll fix it in post. <laughs> Look, okay, you've been listening to Being Jim Davis. 
Weird with a Beard. You can support the program by leaving us a review on iTunes. Why not visit the show website, www.beingjimdavis.com. You can also follow the program on Twitter at beingjimdavis or follow me at Chris Winston. But now you promote yourselves. You have something to promote. Oh, I know I was Jim Davis. Oh, hi. The main reason I came on this show... What's for mode event I have going on in uh, downtown Lawrence on Wednesday, October 24th from 5.30 to 9 p.m. It's free. It's called Haunting Humanities. It's like a science fair for the humanities with a Halloween twist. Sarah, Wait, Sarah, is this October 24th? That's right, Chris. Listeners, that is 24th. literally tomorrow. This, this show goes to air Tuesday, oh. October 23rd. So Ooh. you have 24 hours to get yourself to Lawrence, Kansas and... The thing that Sarah was talking about. It's at Abe and Jake's Landing, which is 8 East 6th Street, free. There's a cash bar. There are local food vendors, including the Mad Greek, Drasco's, and Queen of Tarts. Also, there's lots of free Halloween candy. You're encouraged to come in costume. And there are very exciting booths, like Fault Vault, which is a escape room designed by <laughs> two women from Wichita State University, uh, which is... <laughs> which is about a um, 19th century um, murder by a Kansas farmer who hypnotized his neighbor to kill his other neighbor. And yeah, you solve the mystery and you get to hear more about it. Uh, Other things include- I mean, you just spoiled it. We know it was the neighbor who hypnotized him. No, no, but you're trying to get the guy off. You'll see. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, Also, uh, other exciting events include a booth called Witch Face, where you get your face made up to look like a witch. It's good for all ages. Um, In addition, we... (laughs) I was just going to say, Sarah, because I was... This sounds great, but I have my kids that night. Yeah. Uh, There are lots of things for kids at this event. Um, There's a booth where you get to make masks if you're a kid, and it's really fun. Um, There is a booth called... uh, Shakespeare possessed to beer or not to beer uh, where you get to come in with your group and improvise with trained Shakespeare coaches a whoa <laughs> a spooky Shakespeare scene and perform it in the Abe and Jake's pub on a stage what? Uh, anyone can do it all ages although only people 21 and over will get beer what Sarah this this seems like a amazing yeah, event it's amazing but, you, you should come Chris and bring your family but but our listeners are not well healed, and I can only imagine that an event like this, tickets must be cost like hundreds of dollars just to get in. Oh no, Chris, you would think, but this event is free. What? <laughs> totally free. That's insane. That's right, Chris, it's insane, but we're crazy at the Hall Center for the Humanities. <laughs> this is just the kind of thing we do. The, the, the Hall Center for the Humanities is going out of business. That's right. We're going out of business this Halloween because we love you and we want you to have free candy and free humanities science fair with a Halloween twist. And, and I sincerely hope, A, that all our listeners go to this thing. That's and, right. And B, that you don't lose a job, your job as a result of appearing on this podcast. <laughs> oh, me too, Chris. But my job is the last thing I care about these days. I just want people to come to Haunting Humanities. Seem, that seems pretty awesome. Use the code being Jim Davis to receive <laughs> a secret key to the can- the real candy room. Yeah. We'd like the good candy. For, our, uh, for if being you come Jim- and you can say that you were listening to this podcast, Jeremy will buy you a free beer. 
<laughs> you heard it here, folks. I mean, that that seems like a safe. That seems like a very safe commitment to make. <laughs> I'll stand by that. To my knowledge, we only have three or four listeners, and I don't think any of them live anywhere near Kansas. Chase Greenley lives in Bowling Green, Ohio, but... Oh, that's doable. Like, if he yeah. hears this episode and then gets right in his car... You can Chase. also fly in. I mean, would you fly into uh, KCI? Oh, yeah. 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 You could pick him up, Chris. Yeah, okay, look. If any of our listeners <laughs> fly into Kansas City International Airport... On the morning of, I guess it would have to be the morning of Wednesday, October 24th, mm-hmm. for the purpose of attending Haunting Humanities, put on by the Hall Center of Humanities, Lawrence, Kansas, I will pick them up at the airport and drive them to Lawrence. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, I think that's, I think that, and Jeremy will buy them a beer. If they, if they use Thank you. The second one we thank you. Thank you for listening and good night. <laughs> <laughs>